It's nearly Easter and we're delving in a little bit to the topic of the blood of Jesus because I feel like we can very easily, especially in the West, just breeze over. Yeah, Jesus died on the cross and yes, he shed his blood and we take our communion, but we don't dig a little deeper. And I feel like the Lord's like, just dig a little deeper because there's more. There's more revelation. There's more for you to grab hold of. And there's the blood of Jesus is so significant. And it's important for us as believers to harness the power of the blood um, so that we can be effective in our walk on the earth as Christians, as believers. Um, <clears throat> so last week we noted that on the day of the atonement in the Old Testament, there was one day where the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and he would sprinkle blood. How many times? Seven. Seven times. Twice. So seven times first for himself and his own house. And then again for the people of Israel, right? This is really significant. This is pointing to Jesus. It's a type and a shadow. And it's pointing to Jesus who would come and sprinkle his blood on the earth seven times. So we're going to go through that today where Jesus actually physically shed blood. It spilled on the ground seven times and what that purchased for us, what that did, right? Last week we talked about the blood of Jesus. I should have bought chocolates. Seven, seven things in scripture that the blood of Jesus does for us. Who can remember? Redeems, yes. Who said that? Gold star coming your way. Number two, we're, we're going to do it in order. He redeems us. Yes. Oh, she's got her notes out. <laughs> Number three, someone that's not Kirsty. Justifies us, yes. Yes. Sanctifies us. Number five, what was it? Gives us eternal life, yes. Number six. Draws us near. And number seven, intercedes for us. Yes. So, <clears throat> like, this was just all drawn from the word. Things that the blood of Jesus does for us. Hallelujah. So today we're going to look at the seven times the blood of Jesus was spilled on the earth. Because they're significant. So, if you've got your Bible, you can open it. Otherwise, I've got it on the... On the overhead, on the PowerPoint, overhead, on the PowerPoint. <laughs> My kids always tell me, Mum, you are so old. <laughs> and you talk like an old person. They're always telling me. <laughs> All right, number one, Jesus sweat blood. All right, so we're going to look at this, Luke 2, 39. <clears throat> and he came out and went, as was his custom, to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. And when he came to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. And he withdrew from them about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, saying, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. 
And there appeared to him an angel from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Hmm. What's this all about? All right. Stress. Someone said stress. Yes, actually. Okay, this is a proper medical term. And I, I probably need a doctor or a nurse to help me pronounce this. Hematohydrosis. Say it fast. Hematohydrosis. Is that it? Yes, good. There's a medical person being like, yes. <laughs> okay, this is, this, is what, this is what that is. It may occur in individuals suffering from extreme levels of stress. Around the sweat glands, there are multiple blood vessels in a net-like form which construct, sorry, which constrict under pressure of great stress. Then as the anxiety passes, the blood vessels dilate to the point of rupture and goes into the sweat glands. As the sweat glands produce a lot of sweat, they push the blood to the surface, which comes out as droplets of blood mixed with sweat. Listen to this. Fear and intense mental contemplation are the most frequent causes. Wow. So Jesus, in the Amplified, where it says... What did he say? And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. The Amplified says, deeply distressed and anguished, almost to the point of death. Right? This is what causes you to sweat blood. You are deeply anguished and distressed, almost to the point of death. Jesus, he was talking about what was coming all through the Gospels, right? He would say, guys, the Son of Man must be, he, he must be handed over and he must die and all of this. And they didn't understand. But I feel like in, in that moment of prayer with the Father, perhaps he like started to get, get a sense of what it would be like to have the sin of the world heaped upon his shoulders. And to have the wrath of God poured out on the sin. And to enter into the separation from God. Perhaps he started to like see. And of course he was like, he's like, God, I don't want to do this. Of course. Apart from all of the, the physical torture side. There's like, carry the, the weight of every single sin and every single awful thing that anyone's ever done. You get to carry it all in your body and it gets condemned in your flesh, right? So I feel like he's, he's like praying and seeing and feeling just the weightiness of it. But he surrendered to the will of the Father. And... When he sweat blood, he overcame the will and the temptations of the flesh. He spilt his blood over our emotions so that we can overcome the will 
overcome our will and overcome the temptations of our flesh and, and even overcome our emotions. Emotions are meant to serve us, not to rule us. Jesus felt fear. He felt anguish. He, did he have peace in that moment? Nope. I feel like sometimes we get into this language as Christians, oh, I just don't feel peace on that. Imagine if Jesus was just like, oh, Father, I just don't feel peace on... Here I am, I'm sweating blood, I'm, I'm in anguish, but I just, I don't feel peace. I don't feel peace on this, I'm, I'm just going just gonna to put that aside. Like, seriously, guys, sometimes we, sometimes we say really silly things. Sometimes being in the perfect will of God does not feel like peace. And we need to be submitted to the will of the Father, not to our emotions. Our emotions serve us. Right? The, and, and I'm not saying we bottle our... Like, don't, don't hear what I'm not saying. We don't completely ignore our emotions. They serve us. Right? But we submit to the will of the Father, regardless of what our emotions are doing or saying in the moment. So he spilled his blood so you can overcome your will and any temptations that come your way. And so your emotions can be submitted to the Lord. Praise God. <laughs> Number two. Jesus was struck in the face. They, he went, he went from the garden and they arrested him. And then while they're transferring him from place to place, they're mocking him and striking him, right? So let's, let's read that. Matthew 26. 67 says then they spat in his face and beat him and others struck him with the palms of their hands saying prophesy to us Christ who is the one who struck you sometimes we just breeze over these things hey I feel like I feel like there's just an invitation to stop when you're reading through what Jesus went through and to just visualize it. Like we'd be horrified today if someone was treated the way that Jesus was treated. If we go to Isaiah, Isaiah 50 verse 6, it says, I offered my back to those who beat, him, to, who beat me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. I did not hide my face from mockery and spitting. So Jesus' blood was sprinkled from his face. They beat him with, with like rods, whatever they did, with their hands, with their fists, and they pulled out his beard. Like, guys, how much would that hurt? They reefed out his beard and would take chunks of his flesh, right? And this is blood being shed. He spilt blood from his face and shed his identity so we can have a new identity. 
This is why this is significant. Everything's significant. It's not by accident. So when sin was done with the human race, it, it stripped our identity away from us. It messed with the image of God in us. People look nothing like what God created them to look like when sin, was, when sin came in. It perverted what God made. So Jesus was marred more than any man and he lost his identity so that we can get ours back. Right? Praise God. He became what? Sin. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He became sin. He knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. He became what we were so we can become what he is. Ooh, the third one. Along the same path. Jesus was scourged. So Matthew 27, 24. So when Pilate saw that he was gaining nothing, but rather that a riot was beginning, he took water and washed his hand before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of this man's blood. See to it yourselves. And all the people answered, His blood be on us and our children. Huh. Then he re released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, delivered him over to be crucified. So scourging or flogging was performed before crucifixion. It was a regular thing that would happen, right? They would strip the offender of their clothes and they would tie, tie their hands to a post with just their back, buttocks, legs, just all exposed, and then they would go to town, whipping them with straps, with bone and metal. Um, the, the Jewish law stated that people could not have more than 40 lashes, but the Roman law didn't have that. It doesn't actually say how many Jesus received. Lots of people would say he received 39, because 40 is known to kill a man. We don't actually know. It doesn't go into detail. But they tore his flesh. In, a, in Isaiah, it talks about, sorry, in Psalm 22, it actually talks about my bones. People can see my bones. Jesus, David, tapped into what Jesus would go through. And he saw the bones of Jesus exposed, right? It's, it's so hectic. 1 Peter, why? Why did he shed his blood this way? Apart from it was part of the wrath of God against sin and God condemning sin in the flesh. 1 Peter 2.24 says, He himself bore our sins in his own body on, a, on the tree that we, having died to sin, might live for righteousness. By whose stripes... You were healed. This is why we, why we don't change the subject on healing because Jesus paid for it. 
His back was torn to shreds. There was nothing left. There was no skin left. In the original Greek language in that 1 Peter verse, it, the original word there for stripes is singular. It's stripe. By his stripe, you are healed. Why? Not because Jesus only received one. No, he received so many that there wasn't one inch of his body that was not torn apart. I know it's glory to think about, isn't it? Like, it, it blows our brain. Like, it's barbaric. But he paid for our healing in full. Right? The bloodshed then paid for our healing. That's why we'll go after it. Because he paid for it. When he dealt with sin, he also dealt with the effects of sin. Sickness is, is an effect of sin, right? Sickness and disease has to bow to the name of Jesus because he purchased it with his blood. Um, I've, I mentioned it briefly last week, but a while ago when the Lord asked me to take communion every day. Come here. You can come sit down. Um, the Lord asked me to take communion every day and so I would take communion and just be like, thank you Lord for your, for your blood, thank you for your body. Um, and just trying to connect with the Lord and commune with Him. And then one day I just doing the normal thing and started talking to the Lord and then it, it was like I was transported in the spirit and it, it was like an experience like um, who is it is it Paul is it John John John's like whether I was in the body or not in the body I don't really know and it was it was a bit like that and I found myself standing on dirt ground with a big crowd of people yelling and Jesus was in the middle and they were flogging him. And I could, it, it was like I was there. Like I don't know how else to say, but it was like I could, I could smell the dirt, like there was dirt in my nostrils. I could smell the blood. I could see it splattered everywhere. Like I think we, we beautified it in our brains just what it was like. It, it's horrific. And, and I could see just his bones, his flesh. I could hear his scream. Like, I could hear it all. It was like I was there. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Just mortified. And I was just like, I can't, I can't watch this. And then he... His eyes met mine. And so he's completely disfigured. Completely disfigured. And his eyes met mine. And all it was like he was communicating to me without saying a word. It was like my spirit could hear what he was saying. And he was like, I love you. I love you. And it was just this wild encounter where I actually saw 
What happened? It was like I saw them with these eyes. Changed me forever. And I just tell you that to, to invite you to go a bit deeper. <laughs> when you read these things, ask the Lord, show me what that was like. Because it'll change you forever. It'll change you forever to see it, to hear it, to, to have him communicate with you while he's going through it. Because the Lord's outside of time. Right? So he can, he can do these wild things with you. You can go places with him in the spirit to see things. Anyway. He shed blood. Yeah, so I'm getting off track now, am I? I just dropped that bomb there and then... We'll take, bring it back. Oh. Shed his blood for your healing. Thank you, Jesus. The fourth time he shed his blood, he had a crown of thorns. Sometimes I think we just imagine it. They're like, just gently put that on you. No. I don't think so. I think it was like, they like, pressed it into his head and blood would have like been trickling down his already completely marred body, right? Matthew 27, 27. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus to the governor's headquarters and they gathered the whole battalion before him and they stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. Like how painful would this be? He could barely, like he's just been flogged. He's, he's complete, like, the amount of blood that he would have lost. And then they've put clothes on him and then they take him to this place and then they strip him again to then put a purple robe on him and make fun of him, right? <clears throat> and they stripped him and put a, sorry, not a purple, a scarlet robe on him and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on his head and put a reed in his right hand. And kneeling before him, they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews. And they spit on him and took the reed and struck him on the head. Why? Why the crown of thorns? Why shed blood in this way? He reversed the curse. Oh, this gets me excited. He reversed the curse. Genesis 3, 17 to 18. Cursed is the ground because of you. This is after the sin had come into the world. This was the curse that came. This was the consequence. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. The curse was reversed from the blood that was shed. From the very thing that the curse provided. <laughs> the curse was thorns and thistles. Thorns and thistles pressed into the head of Jesus. He shed blood and reversed the curse. Right? We can expect to see, that is, we work for the king to see increase. As we work for Jesus, we can expect to see increase. We can expect that the curse doesn't apply for us. We can, we can expect that as we 
do the will of the Lord, that we will see the kingdom of, of God increasing on the earth like yeast. Jesus was mocked by the world for his kingship so we can release the kingdom. Number five, Jesus had nails driven into his hands. John 20, 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the hands, his hands, the marks of the nails, and place my finger into the marks of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with him. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it on my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Jesus shed his blood from his hands to redeem the work of our hands. He redeems the work of our hands. In the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy, it, it talks about blessings for following the Lord and curses for not. Right? Blessings and curses. And it talks about for people that walk according to the Lord, blessed will be the work of your hands. You can expect it to multiply. Right? As the people of God, that's our inheritance now. Jesus purchased that with his blood. We can expect that everything we put our hands to, that the Lord calls us to, will prosper. It will prosper. He purchased it with his blood. Number six, Jesus had a nail driven through his feet. Ah, oh, gosh. Psalm 22, this is what I mentioned before. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Jesus shed blood from his feet so that wherever we go, we would have authority to crush the enemy. Someone say amen. Authority. That's what he was buying with the blood that was shed from, from his feet. It was authority. Luke, uh, Luke 10, 19 says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Oh, come on. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall harm you. Hallelujah. This is a powerful gospel. I feel like we all need to have that written somewhere on our wall so that we just remember 
Because it can get easy in the, in the grind of life and things like coming against you or whatever. But it's like, no. He shed his blood so that we'd have authority over all the power of the enemy, all the works of darkness. All of it. We've got to walk in it. Come on. Take that seriously. Everywhere you tread, you have authority over the enemy. Everywhere you tread. Over the spiritual atmosphere, you have authority. Take that seriously. Little you can make a big difference wherever you go, in your workplace, in your home, with your family, in your school. Right? Authority. Come on. The seventh thing. Jesus had a spear put into his side and he shed blood. John 19. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he had, was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear and at once there came out blood and water. The most likely explanation is that when they pierced Jesus' side, it went into his heart and, and bursting some of the water around heart and lungs and all of that, that was water and blood coming out at the same time, right? The seventh time Jesus spilt his blood so that, was so that your heart could be made whole. God doesn't do a half job. He doesn't save you from your sin and leave you with a broken heart. Come on, that's good preaching. <laughs> you guys are not very excited about that. The Lord does a complete job. He bled so that your heart can be whole. No matter what you've no matter what you've faced. No matter what heartbreak you've gone through, your heart can be whole. And the way for your heart to be healed of anything is to draw near to him. Come on. It's not a magic wand that we wave. You draw near to him and you process the hurt and you tell him about the stuff, right? And then he fathers you. <laughs> he deals with you. He, he leads you gently, Right? Ah, oh, he's so good. We allow the Lord to minister his love and healing to any deep wounds that we have. Isn't it fascinating? Just the times he shed his blood. Just the intentionality of the Father. He's purchased so much more than sometimes we we walk in or sometimes we, we can even fathom. So, number one, he gives us the power to overcome our will, our temptations and over our emotions. He gives us a new identity, number two. He gives us healing, number three. Number four, he reverses the curse so that we can release the kingdom of God. 
Number five, he redeems the work of our hands. Number six, he gives us authority to crush the enemy. And number seven, he makes our heart whole. Praise God. Praise God. Ah, it's a good gospel, isn't it? It's a good gospel. Let's, let's take our little emblems, hey? put some music on or something that would be great oh Lord we come before you and we just thank you Jesus Thank you, Lord. We want to repent, Father, of the times where we just gloss over the sacrifice of Jesus. We repent, Lord, of the times where we've partnered with sin just flippantly. take this moment, Lord, to search our hearts. We don't want there to be anything in the way of you and us. (laughs) Just take a moment, if there's anything at all that the Lord highlights to you. Repentance is so easy. It's changing your mind. And it's, it's turning and walking according to the truth. And you can decide to do that right now. You just need to say, I'm sorry, Father. Show me what the truth is and I'll do that. Jesus, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus, that your body was ripped apart. It was ripped apart for us. Thank you that you sweat blood. Thank you that you were beaten in the face and that your beard was torn out. Thank you that you endured a scourging on our behalf for our healing. Thank you that you had a crown of thorns pressed into your skull. Thank you that you reversed the curse, Father. Thank you, Jesus, that your your, um, hands were nailed to redeem the work of our hands. Your feet were nailed so that we would have authority wherever we go. We thank you, Lord, that your side was pierced, 
our heart may be made whole. Thank you, Lord, that you don't leave things half done. Thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good Father. And so, Jesus, we remember, we remember your body broken and your blood shed. Take us deeper, God. We don't want to be surface level with this stuff. We want to go as deep as you'll take us, God. And we want to see you receive the fullness of your suffering, Jesus. We don't just want to talk about you. We want to, we want to take you to the world that they might know you. We want to represent you well. We want to represent your heart well. So Jesus, right now as we take this bread and this, this drink, Father, we, we just remember you, Jesus, and we say thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Just take the bread, drink the drink, and just thank him. Thank you, Lord.